Hello and welcome to Persistent and Nasty Podcast. This is our Edinburgh Festival Fringe 2019 series. Throughout this series, we will be talking to women of the fringe, from producers to directors, writers and performers. We hope you enjoy all of the podcasts and get along to see as much of it as you can. This podcast was recorded at Assembly Club Bar with thanks to Sharon Burgess, Danny Ray, Connell, Chris and all of the staff at the club bar. As we are recording out and about, you may hear some background noise. Hopefully it won't affect too much, but it might just give you the vibe and atmosphere of the festival. So sit back, relax and enjoy some persistent and nasty women. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Um, I think we should start from the very beginning uh, by asking you who you are. So could you tell our listeners who you are, what your show is, give us the rundown. Yeah. So my name's Molly Brenner and I come from New York City. Um, and my show is called I'm Coming and it's the story of my very long and strangely expensive journey to my first <laughs> orgasm. <laughs> Misha said earlier she wants to high five you about that. I know. So, feel so free to there we go. High five. She's <laughs> done it. I did it. Oh, I'm so happy for you. You know, you're happy. You're not as happy as I am. I can imagine. You're doing a freaking show about it. Yes. That's how happy you are. I love it. Am I right in thinking? Because Misha, you mentioned this earlier. Yeah. I think you'd done your homework around Molly's work. Had you done a show previously about the fact that you hadn't had an orgasm? Yeah, so that's how this all started. I originally wrote a show before I'd had one that was called Molly Brenner Is Not Coming. Never occurred to me to not put my full name in the title. Um, (laughs) And I was touring that show around, and then I fortunately had to update it. (laughs) You're like, oh, this show is no longer... Well. Yeah. (laughs) But while I was writing that show, I was like... I really hope there's a sequel to this show. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it was almost like a really happy kind of, like, it's really good that we've got a sequel. Yeah, it's the best it was sequel. very happy. <laughs> I feel like we need to we need to get this story from the beginning. Like, this is this sounds like quite a journey. So how did this, like, yeah, tell us about it. Without spoiling okay. your show, which is about yeah. the journey. <laughs> yeah, no spoilers. Um, you, do, you do have to come see the show yeah, to find out how it happens. Um, but... Basically, I mean, I turned 20... Oh, God. (coughs) I'm losing my voice from doing my show. Um, I turned 28, and I had never come. And that was kind of when I was really starting to get super frustrated. I mean, the frustration had been building. And then, like, when I turned 28, I just was like, is this ever going to happen? I really felt like it was never going to happen. Especially because, at that point, I was so frustrated about it that it was like getting harder for it to happen because like you you probably I mean I don't know (laughs) what your own experiences are like but you probably don't come when you're like extremely angry about something yeah. like at the same yeah, moment that's yeah. thing I don't yeah. know yeah. <laughs> that yeah. really gets you going maybe I don't know yeah it's like the more you think about it the harder it is for yeah sure. the more frustrated you are the harder it is um so I decided to write a show about it and I think the show actually helped make it happen because it it just like got me I mean it was kind of you know it's kind of cathartic when you put something out there and then it also just got me talking to so many people about it and I think it kind of accelerated the process fantastic yeah 
That's the that's the like greatest thing about theatre, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. When what do they say? Art imitates life. Yeah. But okay, that doesn't quite apply. But <laughs> I mean, like <laughs> but, art, wait. art art affected my life. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, art is great. Art art is great. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, the female orgasm. That mm-hmm. is a. I think there's a thing where a lot of women. Because we don't talk about it, we don't talk about female sexuality, particularly from a young age when, you know, you're starting to experience certain feelings and thoughts and hormones are coming into play. Like, boys get kind of told from the word go by the culture around us that mm-hmm. what to do, how to do it, and that they should do it all the time and mm-hmm. it's fine. Um, but where girls are concerned, like, I think for a lot of women, like, I feel like this is not that uncommon a thing that women struggle with finding their own pleasure, how to mm-hmm. do it, how, like, particularly in partnered sex as well. Like, mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of, like, I don't know, lie back and think of England. <laughs> you know, that kind of vibe. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if you, like, on your journey that you encountered some of that, like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I think, I think it's changing now, which is great, but growing up, I do think there was, like, this narrative that I absorbed somehow that was, like, only boys masturbate and women don't and like that I think kind of got in my head and and I talk about this in the show that I kind of got to college and realized that like no a lot of girls like had been masturbating and getting off for a really long time and I was kind of like like what like mind blown and like I kind of knew but like I also didn't like I just it never really occurred to me like to masturbate for such a long time And, like, it is kind of that narrative that, like, I absorbed of, like, oh, just boys do this. Yeah. I think it's totally stigmatized for girls. Mm -hmm. It's, like, if, like, in school, like, guys talking about it, it's, like, lad culture, that's funny, Mm -hmm. what a laugh. Mm -hmm. But if if you hear a story, like, I remember loads of times that you hear rumors in school, and you're like, oh, my gosh, they were doing that, and they were doing this, and it's Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. yeah, but... Oh, I'm doing that, so maybe like maybe I'm wrong, and it's like this real guilt mm-hmm. that you like absorb yourself, and then you kind of think, oh, because all the other people are like saying, oh, that's so dirty and that's so wrong. Mm-hmm. It it really is like it's one of those things that either you think nobody's doing it, mm-hmm. or you think the people doing it are like wrong and it's like a bad thing to do, or you think mm-hmm. I'm doing it, but I shouldn't be, and it's like that's so yeah. messed yeah. the fuck up. There's also just a problem with because there's no discussion around sexual pleasure where women yeah. are concerned um, even as adults never mind at a young age um, when sex education is something that's starting to happen uh, for you like girls I think don't know their own body they don't know yeah. their way around their own <laughs> vagina yeah. like, so how are you meant to know how to do that and, and get yourself there if you don't even know what's happening and how it's all working yeah you know? and that was a big problem for me, and this is something else I talk about in the show, is I got diagnosed with something called vaginismus, which is this... I, have you heard of it? I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah it, I'll just give a quick definition, which is that it's... Uh, the way I explain it is, like, your vagina is, like, afraid of penetration. Mm. Like, it just won't... It'll just kind of have a, have a muscle spasm right. when something tries to go in there. That, or, like, that's the way it felt to me, is that I was, like, afraid of penetration. Um, and so then I had this, like, added layer of, like, fear of exploring that whole area. It kind of, like, shut down the whole area for me <laughs> for such a long time. And so that also didn't help. But I also feel like people, like... There's such a broad spectrum of, like, ways that women get off. Mm -hmm. And, like, 
I don't think it, I think it took me a really long time to understand like how broad the spectrum is mm. and like the and like it never so there were so many things that like I wasn't trying for such a long time like what <laughs> sounded like <laughs> I know we're all like ooh tell us more actually hanging on the end can't have a list I, I, do, I yeah. am like um, wondering what I can ask um, and, and not like because obviously the the, the journey yeah. is the show and I don't want to spoil anything for people coming to see it um, so if, if there's any questions that I'm asking that you're like I can't really go yeah. into it too much because otherwise it'll ruin the show for people who haven't seen it yet but yeah I am curious about your journey um, and yeah, yeah what because I feel like as well like that spectrum you're talking about mm-hmm. and the ways in which women can pleasure themselves and using toys and because you know I've had, I've had sexual encounters in my life where I've brought a toy into the equation because it's just not happening for me any other way and mm-hmm. men get really they get pissy about that which yeah. is so like, not okay it's so not okay <laughs> it's like, it's like, no. it, it, I guess it emasculates them I guess they have this thing where they feel oh well hang on am I not enough to Get mm-hmm. this going feeling like, well, no, mate, no, right now, it's not. It's <laughs> Absolutely. Need a little help. Need a little help from a friend here. Um, well, I do think it's like we literally have to throw out like all these ideas about like what sex should be, what masturbation should be. It's like, and just boil it down to like every single person is different mm-hmm. and like whatever works for them, like is right and it works for them. And it's like, because all these like scripts and narratives like just make it harder to like get off (laughs) which is like what we're trying to do at the end of the day it's like we all deserve to just get off did you and again if this is in the show apologies you feel free to say no that's in the show you just have to come see it but um in your sexual lifetime did you have encounters with partners where you would discuss this with them or was it just one of those things where you would go into the encounter hoping that might, maybe it would happen or mm-hmm. or maybe it's a mix of both? Yeah, I would. I feel like it would always be like the third date or something where I'd be like, so um, you should know that I've never come. And I feel like a lot of them would always be like, okay, like challenge accepted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. I mean, I mean, there was kind of like a range of those reactions, but like... Um, and there's something sweet about that, actually, or it's like, yeah. it, it's such a, it's such a double, or it's like, kind of a double bind, because it's like, both really, it's like, yeah, that's great that, like, you want to accept you're the challenge, yeah, yeah, that, like, you want to try, and you're yeah. not just like, oh, well, good luck, like, <laughs> but it's also, like, then sometimes it puts too much pressure on it, and yeah. it's like, ah, like, because then you're worried that you're yeah. going to let them down, because you're like, sorry, you, yeah. not, you've, fallen where so many others have yeah. fallen. <laughs> you know, it's like, what's this, the famous sword? Merlin's sword? Oh, no, Excalibur? Yeah. Yeah. Excalibur. Yeah. No, Mer- oh, it's Merlin's beard. What's well, it's Excalibur as well. Like, Merlin's, what's Merlin's well, like, beard? Well, like, the, the pulling the sword out of the stone and yeah, the sword will make like, worthy may, like, actually succeed. Like, yeah. <laughs> Even though it's unlikely that an Excalibur is going to be involved <laughs> in making this happen. Careful, that thing's sharp. Yeah. <laughs> Oh god, it's just crazy, isn't it? The the pressure thing is is real. Like, I, yeah. I'm one of my biggest pet peeves. Like, I hate it when you're with someone, male or female, or you know, whatever. Um, 
but they're doing that thing where like, are you gonna come, are you gonna come for me now? And you're like, no, yeah. shut the fuck up, stop. Like I'm not, gonna, no, I'm not, I'm not working to your schedule. Yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that, that yeah. really puts me off. Cause then I'm like, oh, right. Can you, you seem to really be keen on this happening now. Yeah. You keep bringing it up, but it, like, that you've chased it away. I know. Because I feel too much pressure now. And it's pretty fragile sometimes. Yeah. It's like, oh, you killed it. Yeah, it's gone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right back to square one. It's not going back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah oh, man. Try again tomorrow. <laughs> Please try again later. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, what, um, I guess this question also applies to the first time you, you were writing a show about this. What, made you decide I'm this I'm gonna do a show about this. At what point did mm-hmm. you reach where you were like like peak frustration, the only thing to do now is make a theatre show? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was well, it was also kind of in parallel to my comedy career too, because I had been uh in New York for a couple years and like doing stand up here and there, um but like mostly doing like improv and sketch and video stuff. And I had never really made, like, I kind of felt like I hadn't found my voice yet or I hadn't, like, made a thing that was, like, my thing. And I, like, had always been wanting to do stand-up about the fact that I'd never come, but it, like, felt too, I was, like, because at that point I was going to, like, like, the worst open mics in New York City. (laughs) Like, I, like, didn't know, I hadn't learned the ropes. I was going to, like, the rooms of, like, the worst male comics you've ever met. And I was, like... I don't know. I think it's too personal. Like, I was, like, too scared to do it. Mm. Which is funny because people do stand up about, like, all sorts of stuff. (laughs) But, I mean, I was, like, a shy little girl at that time. And I was just like, it's too much. Um, But for some reason it was like, oh, I got rejected by something. And then, and that kind of, like, put, or I got, like, a few rejections or something. And that kind of, like, pushed me over the edge. And I was like fuck it, like, I'm writing a whole show about how I've never come, and that's when I, and then I, like, put it up the first time, and I was like, oh, I'll just, like, do it this one time, and then, like, it went so well, and I was like, oh, my God, and I, like, loved working on it so much, and it, like, felt like this, like, it felt like the most, like, me thing I'd ever done, and I was just like, no, I want to keep doing this, yeah. Awesome, and how, like, do you have audience members come up to you afterwards to say what's the general response to it both yeah. in terms of the, the show that was about not being able to come and this mm-hmm. one now that you've arrived yeah at this glorious <laughs> point of your life well the not being able to come one I mean of course I'd always get like advice afterward <laughs> oh did you get advice from men yeah so I talk about <laughs> oh. that in the show once this one guy was like you need like a huge vibrator. You need like a, a huge vibrator. Um, but like, I really, I mean, before I'd had one, like, I was taking like all advice. Like, yeah. I was like always looking for that silver bullet, like, <laughs> open to everything. Um, and yeah, this one woman once was like, I can connect you with this guy I know who gives great head if you want. <laughs> And I was like, okay, like, I'll take down his information, but I don't know. Um, and then... Like, and does he know that you're giving him this information? I, I'm not sure. I know. He, uh, I, know. Like, I was like, yeah, can you, like, give him a heads up that I might yeah. reach out? Like, it's <laughs> just going to be out of nowhere. Um, and now, I mean, I... I, I get a... I think the most response I get, actually, is around vaginismus. Like, mm. I think because, like, 
I think there's definitely, like, people are talking about it more and more. Like, there's more education, more resources, like, which is great because I wish I had just, like, heard of it mm. when I was younger. Um, but, mo- yeah, a lot of people come up to me and are like, I have vaginismus. <laughs> or, like, um, or like my partner has that or, like, or, you know, similar condition. Um, so that's been really interesting is, like, it seems like that is, so, like it's just like less talked about Mm -hmm. so people uh, like a lot of people are like glad to hear it you know especially in a comedy setting where it's like it's not like a dark tale of vaginismus yeah Yeah. but that's what's so amazing about comedy isn't it it's like comedy can really communicate things that in other settings would be quite like awkward or Mm -hmm. like too personal or something that actually people are a bit like that's a bit much for me on a Monday Mm -hmm. evening Mm -hmm. like it is one of those things where you kind of go actually that's the perfect way of like communicating it and being like actually this is real this happens to quite a lot of people and it's totally Mm -hmm. cool yeah Yeah. and it's great to talk about how much better do you feel thoughts of yeah (laughs) (laughs) exactly I think that's so true I think when you make people laugh about a subject you you release them of, feel, of feeling awkward around any thoughts or desire they mm-hmm. have to talk about it. Mm-hmm. So it, laughter just loosens people up and they're like, oh, okay, Molly's laughing at it, I'm laughing at it. There's permission given now to have a mm-hmm. conversation about it. Yeah. And um, and it's when the conversations about it happen that that's when you get, I have that too. Have you tried this? Or I experienced that and mm-hmm. this worked for me. Or you've made me capable of, t- I've been living with this problem and not talked mm-hmm. about it. And now you laughing about it with you and hearing about your struggle and the way it's similar to mine has allowed me to start chatting yeah which I think it's really important and I think especially like with vaginismus there's a lot of like shame around it and like and there's also this idea that like oh like you're supposed to be able to like put a penis in there but this condition like makes you unable to like your vagina is useless like and which is messed up and like and someone actually came up to me after the show once and was like, yeah, it's really interesting. Like, you don't have to treat vaginismus. Like, it's really only if you want to. Mm. Um, which I think is a really interesting point. Um, so, yeah, it's nice to, like, I, I think it kind of, like, there's catharsis in just, mm-hmm. like, talking about it in a comedy setting. Yeah. yeah. And I think um, that point, like, we, there's so much focus put on PIV sex, particularly mm-hmm. in the sort of hetero binary mm-hmm. woman and man having sex situation. Um, because we do we do so much pandering to the straight man and what mm-hmm. he wants where sexual encounters are are concerned. And you, I think we get it kind of ingrained into us from a very early age that if it's not penis in the vagina it's not sex. Mm-hmm. And that's the only like you should be orgasm you should be having orgasms through that sex. If you're not, there's something wrong with you. Mm-hmm. And it's just such bullshit. It's I know <laughs> such bullshit. There are so many different ways to have sex and experience pleasure uh, that, do- that doesn't just doesn't need to be mean that you're penetrated. Like most of the time, I prefer not to be quite frank. I know. Thanks, but thanks, but no, not not tonight. Um, I know, and it's tough to like like flip that script or like erase that mm-hmm. script yeah even though I, yeah I do feel like people are like talking about it more and like but some people are some people are behind yes <laughs> oh, it's just so it's so embedded in the culture yeah, yeah. it's like, so embedded in the culture like the way sex 
presented in movies and, well, and, and like, like even like in your early like school teachings if you get it at all mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. like you're taught man woman pillow fight tenors of sex baby like that's uh, I know pillow fight <laughs> well, that's, and the wee video that I got it was a little pillow fight <laughs> there was a pillow fight I tell you right now it wasn't that sexy oh my god <laughs> Well, they also like like so, some sex education is just boils down to like getting a cucumber out and showing them how to put a condom on it. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. Like, and the, yeah. sometimes there's very little discussion around that. It's like this is the this is the thing, and you put the thing on the thing, and then that's it. And like, and some really? schools not even that. Not even that. I just yeah. honestly like the whole sex education really like I think that is like in in movies in schools mm-hmm. it doesn't it just doesn't cut the mustard yeah <laughs> yeah you're just you're kind of set up to fail um, yeah. from the beginning as a woman especially i know um i really want to go like sitting in sex ed in like a few different parts of the world or, like parts of the u.s yeah. today because i mm-hmm. wonder i really wonder like how it's being taught now and like mm. how much variety there is because yeah like and i actually talk about this in my shows like okay, now that this whole journey happened, like, what do I wish I had been told from the, the very beginning? Mm. And kind of, like, um, I, you know, like, putting together my own sex ed for myself, for young Molly. Um, but, yeah, I really wonder, like, what it looks like now. Probably still fairly drastic, I would yeah. think. Um, yeah, you know, just... But I think it's because they don't want to encourage it as being a pleasurable thing because mm. it's like they're teaching it to like young people and they're kind of like, we don't really want you all to think that this is going to be loads of fun and you should just go do it. Mm-hmm. This should be something that you don't do now because we're scared that if you start mm-hmm. doing it now, we're well, not going to know. That's the problem, isn't it? It's there, There's still a very repressed attitude around sex. Yeah. It's like the bottom line is hormones kick in, kids are going to start having sex. So what we should be talking about is consent and pleasure, respect, all of that, because they're going to do it anyway. They just straight up are. So you might as well have the conversation about sexual pleasure in amongst the very vital and needed conversation around consent, etc. Because, yeah, like, it's, that's, the majority of the population are doing it for pleasure. They're not doing it to procreate. Yeah. So (laughs) we should be having conversations around making it pleasurable and understanding that everyone like you said earlier Molly everyone's different and yeah well that's where like the pleasure because there's like there's sex education and then there's like pleasure education and that's where it's like I just it never entered my brain when I was younger of like how to make like press the right buttons in my body and like get (laughs) pleasure um and yeah that's where it's like the everyone's different mm-hmm. idea and communication as well yeah I think it's yeah. so important using your words during yeah. sexual encounters is so important yeah and then listening to the words that are being yeah. said yeah. to you yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is such an interesting one that you think sex is such a personal thing like you are literally connecting your bodies in whatever way and you've, you're sharing that you're smishing them and you're <laughs> like, that is so personal so if you can have sex with someone you should be able to talk to them. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like, I, I say that. There's been, a, like, a lot of occasions on my part where I've definitely gone too quickly and not been able to communicate because I struggle to be open and honest sometimes mm-hmm. because I've got that lovely people-pleasing yeah, vibe I, about I me where I would rather make mm-hmm. them feel comfortable yeah. than kind of say, actually, 
that's I'm not loving that or oh but that's just but, a huge common problem with women exactly. generally yeah. isn't it that we don't, we, we don't yeah we don't want to ask for what we want or what we need because we were having a in one of our previous podcasts that we recorded today with um, Caitlin Skinner and Melanie Jordan uh, who are an amazing Scottish uh, pair of theatre makers this idea of we are conditioned to not embarrass or emasculate mm -hmm. or annoy men mm -hmm. in any way yeah um for for a number of reasons safety included so like we we're very i think it's very common for women to just be like oh ugh, do you know what this isn't really working for me but i think i'll just power through yeah. Yeah. fake it you know make him make sure he feels good about it or yeah make sure he you comes know. and then i can just like yeah. yeah that's it we're done that's good yeah Never mind. it's like amazing how many times i've done that yeah it's so sad i think it's like it's just like once you're in the moment it's so different it's really hard to, to like let go of that fear mm -hmm. of like disappointing mm -hmm. yeah. the other person yeah or to go in and and like prioritize your own pleasure yeah. like which I, i'm not saying like <laughs> we shouldn't care about the other person's pleasure but like it's like it would be such a mindset shift to be like yeah, I'm here for me to get off and like. <laughs> yeah, thanks for coming. Yeah, thanks for, thanks for joining me in this. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for being here. Thank you thanks. for your participation. Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> but I think, I, do you know? I totally agree, and I think there would be something so powerful and amazing in being able to go. Okay, here's what I need. It's going to be X, Y, Z. Mm -hmm. So, what do you need? How's it going to mm -hmm. work for you? So, okay, that sounds like we should do me first. Yeah, and we'll get, then we'll work on you, or or the other way around, depending on who. You know, compromises are fine. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think it would just be so... Like, yeah, it would be mind-blowing in terms of, particularly for women, if we could just go, right, here's what's going to happen. Yeah. What do you need? I like this. Yeah. You down? Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. And then, and now the magic begins. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but also, fly. it's like, it's hard. I think that it's really hard to do that in, like, a one-night stand yeah, situation. For sure. Because um, it's like... If you just met this person, it's hard to be like, okay, here's everything about me. Um, yeah. Like, here's a list of my requirements. Yeah. Thank you. Please just, don't share this with anyone. There's just have a read, ask me any questions, and then let's get started. Yeah, sign, sign this NDA. <laughs> yeah. We do have NDAs over here. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. It's universal. Yeah. <laughs> Just dotted line, please. Yeah. You know what? Actually, can you meet with my lawyer and then <laughs> we'll get started. Living for it. So what do you hope that people take away from the show that you have here in Edinburgh? What's, mm -hmm. the, what's the hope that people, the, the response that you, that you hope people have to it? Well, I hope that it makes people, I mean, like this conversation we just had is like so much the, the conversation that the show is trying to have too. Um, but I would say I also hope that it makes people think about pleasure a little bit differently um, because I do touch on kind of just the broader concept of pleasure in the show too. And food is actually a little bit of a theme in the show too. Um, and just kind of like how like a lot of the pressures I feel as a woman affected my like relationship with pleasure mm, um and mm -hmm. I really just like hope like I just think everyone deserves like no limit on pleasure that's like my mantra like no that. no limit on pleasure <laughs> endless pleasure, <laughs> endless pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I hope everyone's just constantly getting off, literally yeah. and metaphorically, <laughs> including myself. That's a nice hope. And it's a comedy show. <laughs> so I get to laugh. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's a comedy show. So um, I really just like, yeah, I hope people just have a great time. And definitely come ready to talk about sex. Yeah. <laughs> or you don't have to. The audience doesn't have to talk about sex. Uh, the audience gets to sit there. Yeah. <laughs> and, and enjoy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And how have the show been going so far? How have how's the response been? Find it. Great. Um, we actually sold out uh, two of our first three shows, so it's been off to a great start. That's really great. Excellent. Well, um, we have one more question for you, mm-hmm. and it's a question that we're asking all of our guests. Oh, yes. Um, the project that we run, the podcast, and the series of events is Persistent and Nasty. It's a very deliberate choice of words. It's uh, awesome. meant to be it's a bit tongue in cheek, it's a bit playfully provocative. It's a, it's a nod to certain moments in our in recent culture, nasty women, nevertheless mm-hmm. she persisted, etc. Um, so we've been asking our guests, when they hear persistent and nasty, what does that mean to them? How do they interpret that? What do you think it means to be persistent and nasty? Oh, great question. <laughs> um, well, I love the word nasty because it's like, it's a bold word, like it kind of like hits you. Um, and like, obviously like women are, women feel like they should be the opposite of nasty a lot of the times. Um, and often I'll say from personal experience, when I do like lock into my nastiness, I'll often like recoil Mm. from it right away. And like, that's where I see persistence coming in is like. Fight the recoil. Yeah, fight the recoil. I like that. Fight the recoil. I know, I'm always, I'm like endlessly working on that. Like in in a meeting, whenever I say something like contrarian and people like push back on it, I'll always be like, oh, okay, yeah, like, no, you're right. (laughs) It's like, no, don't do that. That's that's a really common response that we're getting, this idea of leaning into just being unapologetic Mm -hmm. and stop apologizing for your existence all the time because yeah. we feel like we have to as women. I know. Um, yeah, that's pretty common. It's really uncomfortable to to not be liked. Yeah. Like, or, you know, that kind of comes in many forms. Like, or to have people disagree with you or, like, um, just, yeah, like, that's something I'm working on being more comfortable with is, like, some people can just not like me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's okay. okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And how yeah. liberating is that? To yeah. Like it's a really. It is hard to get like to get comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. But when you do, kind of go. Do you know? Actually, that's fine. Yeah. It feels so like you're taking the power. Yeah. And ah, oh, beautiful. That's what I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Molly, it's been an absolute pleasure to chat to you. I know. Thank, Thank you so really, much. Really Thank you so great much. To have you. Um, but let's do the very, very important bit once more. Um, tell people once again what the show is, where it's on, what time it's on, and how they can get tickets. Yeah. So the show's called I'm Coming, and it's every day at 5.30 p.m. at Sweet Venues Grass Market, and you can get tickets at edfringe.com. Amazing. Fabulous. And social media for you? Where can people follow you? Yes. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Molly underscore Brenner and on Twitter at Molly Green Giant. Like Jolly Green Giant. Very cute. <laughs> Love it. That's awesome. Well, it's been a pleasure, Molly. Thank you so much. It's been a really interesting conversation. No. Yeah. And I had so many questions for you, but it, they were just, I think they're explored in the show. 
and I didn't want to do any spoilers yeah. so everybody <laughs> just go see the show uh, find out more about Molly's really really interesting journey and yeah uh, thank you once again to Assembly Festival who are supporting us with recording our podcasts here at the Club Bar um, you can find out about their shows at assemblyfestival.com and until next time stay nasty, nasty.